Welcome to episode 57 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 6. We are one spirit, one soul, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host Hamida and I want to bring you stories because stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, we are back again for part two of this three-part series with Dr. Amin Daya, a spiritual thought leader who eloquently told us how, at the age of 16, he made a wish from the very depths of his heart. And then, universe just took over. His story is a life example of the saying, if you want to make God laugh, send him your life's plan, because no matter what else Amin wanted to do or become, the universe put all its resources together to ensure that the wish of a 16-year-old was fulfilled. If you have not heard episode number 56, then I highly recommend that you pause here and go back and listen to the last episode, which is part one of this three-part series, because all three parts of the series are truly linked. That is not to say that if you listen to this episode alone, you won't gain anything. You definitely will. So although all three parts are separate and distinct, they are all connected, just like we all are. We are individuals in our own physical bodies, but we are also all connected. Just as my favorite poet and Islamic scholar Rumi says, we are all the same, all the same, longing to find our way back, back to the one, back to the only one. And that is just what we are going to talk about in this series. We will pick up precisely where we left off last week. Let's do this. Everyone, let's welcome Dr. Amin Daya. I can't wait to hear more of your micro stories. What happened after you turned 30? We have 30 more years to go, Amin. I think the next landmark event for me in 1987, when I started my company, and I visited Kashmir for the first time in my life, Srinagar. And I'd never been in that part of the world before. It was all new for me. But when I landed there, I felt like I knew the place. And I looked at these children with lovely pink cheeks and such loving, affectionate kids. You just want to pick them up and hug them. Nowadays, you get into trouble for doing that. But it was just such a warm, loving atmosphere. And I seemed to, as if, know everything about that place. And then after a few days, when our host asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, well, I'd like to go and see the nature sceneries. And particularly, I want to see the glaciers. And they said, okay, you've got to go to a place called Belgam, which is way out from Srinagar. And there you will see the water coming down from the glaciers. Because I was telling them how I love to see water in all its different forms and colors. And they said, you're going to see turquoise water. They said, but the road is very bad, so you can't go by car. So one of their people, took me on his motorbike and it was a new motorbike he was riding and i was sitting at the back and then we got to uh, pelgam we had a great day and as we were coming back it was a dirt road so we kept bumping away and it was around seven in the evening when we got to the highway for srinagar 
And then he was trying to get us back early because it was also cold. And he was doing about 80 kilometers an hour. But through the bumping on that dirt road, the front mudguard came loose. And it came right in front of the front wheel and the bike did a somersault at 80 kilometers an hour. And therefore me sitting at the back, we weren't having crash helmets or anything in those days. I found myself flying in air. When I look below me, I see this bike has burst into flames. And it all happened so fast. And then something very beautiful happened. It was like time stood still. And there was this beautiful energy, which I best describe as a loving pair of hands of a mother or a parental hand that just put me on the side of the road. My head never touched the ground. I came out of the accident completely unscathed. And that fraction of a second, when all this happened, time had actually stopped for me. And then I stand up and the guy who was riding the bike was also okay. He was more hurt, but we were okay. We made our way back to Srinagar. And then the next morning, something very strange happened because I was staying in the hotel. I got up and I look outside and I see people working in the gardens and there's these trees. And when I look at the trees, I see myself in the trees. And when I look at the people, I see myself in them. My whole reality had changed. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're in your bedroom, mm-hmm. you open your eyes and you know, this is my bedroom, it's my husband, it's my children here. There's a familiarity. Suddenly I had no familiarity. It was no longer me. I was like, I had become us. I had become part of oneness. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was an unsettling experience. So whatever happened in that short moment when that loving pair of hands put me on the side of the road kind of woke up something in me that was dormant and then when I, I changed as a person I became much calmer because before that accident you know, I was a successful engineer executive doing well fairly arrogant my way or the highway type of person mm-hmm. Suddenly I was peaceful now and I was just, you know, I could see love in everything. And I, you know, wasn't getting so angry and I was suddenly very humble. And I know Karima said to me six months later, you're not the same guy I married. But she said, I prefer this one. (laughs) But then that transformation continued because a few years later I started waking up in the night and going into this state of extreme peace. Not so different to when that time stood still for me. And I would just hear this beautiful sound in in the background. And then I would just start writing. And it would just like someone opened the, the library of the universe for me. And knowledge began to flow. And I would write pages and pages, sometimes 40, 50 pages. And then when I would read what I wrote, I'd go, Did I write that? Because as an engineer, you know, we technical people write in very dry form. We are boring people. 
writing here was poetic and flowing and was filled with emotion. And so I started sharing it with Karima. She's always been the first person who reads everything I write. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit shy to even tell people that I write because how can I say that I'm an engineer, I get up in the middle of the night and I feel this piece and I'm writing this stuff. And this stuff is short stories and they're deeply spiritual in some cases and they touch on so many aspects of life. Then one day when I was writing, I got this beautiful thought that came to me saying, this is not for you. This is to be shared freely with everyone. Mm -hmm. This knowledge doesn't belong to you. You're just the instrument. So I kept writing and then I started sharing. Then I started talking about it. And then in 1995, when I was writing one of the chapters on the 10 stages of the soul, which I did webinars on, uh, and there's video recordings of it, but what are the 10 stages that our soul goes through in terms of its growth? Mm -hmm. And it was a metaphorical journey of me going up an old Arabian staircase. And towards the end of that staircase, I was blessed with an experience of realization of how we as a creation come together, that we are all one. And the only things that separate us from each other are our physical bodies. But we're all part of one source and our roots reside in this one source that flows through all of us. And in that realization, in that very beautiful presence, that's when I was given a gift to help people heal themselves. And also I was, you know, given an understanding that this gift didn't belong to me either. I was still the instrument and that I had to share it with really with people. So it was no way that I could benefit anyway from it. So whatever I did had to be free of charge. Wherever I went, I just had to fund everything. And interestingly enough, the resources kept coming from our business to fund all this. And then Karima and I traveled all over the world and we had workshops and I would teach people to heal themselves. And I always said to them that I'm not your healer. I'm just an instrument. But we all have auto-correcting mechanisms in our body. We just don't use them. I just showed them how to do it, how to use meditation. And we started seeing some amazing results wherever we went. And so that became another cornerstone of our lives, which was one of service. Now, the lessons gained in that one moment of complete time standing still, becoming part of oneness, seeing oneness, the biggest lesson I realized is that in this life, we are simply passing through this journey for a very short amount of time to gain experience. We have nothing to be proud of. We have nothing to be arrogant about. We are living in an amazing dichotomy where at the one level, You are as vast as all the universes put together, your higher self. And the oneness is more vast than you can even imagine. And on the other hand, you are in this little material world, like going in the ocean with a little canoe, which can tip over any day, any minute, uh, in a storm. So this was an understanding of humility at a very deep level. 
And this is where, again, the earlier lesson that we are all equal. When I used to meet with these hotel managers at the age of 11 and 12 and consider them my equals, here I was understanding that equality from a very deep spiritual sense. And now looking at the world and, and realizing that actually humility and gratitude are the two most fundamental lessons we are here in this world to learn. And sometimes we miss the way we live with pride and arrogance. I was an arrogant guy before the accident. Mm. But today, when I look back, I said, well, I had to go through all this to become who I became, to learn what I am. And I had to share this learning because it didn't come to me for no reason. And this is not knowledge I'm going to take with me to my grave because the graveyard is the richest place on the planet where the best ideas and knowledge get buried without being shared. I plan to bankrupt the graveyard. I plan to share. And I highly encourage you to do this because people get an opportunity to inspire each other from their lessons. Absolutely. And sometimes we don't have to go through the hard lesson if we learned it from someone else who's sharing that. I mean, I am so happy that you are saying this. This is the total premise of my podcast. And that is why I call it Sharing Life Lessons. People ask me, why this? And I said, A, I want to share as much as possible. And B, why go through the hardships that someone else already has and wants to tell you about it so you don't go through it. So just receive it, accept it, and go with it. The tagline for my podcast, if you hear the introduction, I say, welcome to so-and-so episode. We are one spirit, one soul, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. So everything you're telling me is, it was meant for you to, I don't want to say validate because I'm not looking for external validation, but just the synchronicity in what you're saying is touching my heart. Thank you. And, and it's no coincidence we are here today together. It's no coincidence because we are both instruments in our own rights. And we are both putting our time as instruments for the betterment of the collective. We that way stand a chance of passing the 200 year test. So, <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so. <laughs> work and I hope so. I really pray that you keep going from strength to strength. Amin to that. I have a question for you, Amin, on we know that we are all connected, but we are still individual physical bodies. You have a way of explaining these things. So tell us, although we are individual bodies, how can one person feel that they're connected with the rest? And I'm thinking about energy. So give us an energy 101 if you can. It's an excellent question, actually, Amida. You see, we have to think of what does it mean to be alive? When I say you are living, what does that mean? It means that you have consciousness. Life is consciousness. And what is consciousness? Consciousness is that sense of awareness where everything about you is working, your body is working, your mind is giving birth to thoughts. If there's no consciousness, life does not exist. When consciousness of yours departs, we call it the soul, or leaves that physical form, then that particular body now does not have that consciousness. 
now. Coming to your question, I see that we have three levels of consciousness. The first level of consciousness is what I call the universal consciousness or the God consciousness. And if you think of it, think of it as an ocean with waves. So you've got the waves on the surface, you've got the ocean, and then you've got the bed of the ocean, which is completely still. Mm -hmm. You can have all kinds of movement and storms and thunders on the surface. The bed of the ocean is totally still. So that's what I equate to the universal of God consciousness. And that's where we as souls emerge. And that is our source. Remember I said we all have our roots in our source. Then the water between the bed of the ocean and the waves at the top is what I call the existential consciousness or the consciousness of nature. Okay, because we live in nature. And so nature is also integrally connected to the universal or God consciousness. So that's the second level of consciousness, which is why so many of us fall in love with nature. Mm -hmm. We see ourselves in nature if we care to look. Then you come to the third level of consciousness, which is the material consciousness, which is the waves at the top of the ocean, where everything is chaotic. And that is called the material consciousness. But we take birth in this world, in nature, because without nature we wouldn't exist, to gain experience. And this chaotic surface of the ocean is what I call the material world, the material consciousness. We gain experience, we meet each other, we have events. And every time we gain experience, when we learn from our experiences, experience becomes knowledge. And knowledge is light. And hence, we are here gaining knowledge and growing as souls in life. So in the material consciousness, we are individuals. Yes, our soul is the ray that emerges from the sun. But it is not as bright as the sun, which is why you can see it. But the brighter it gets with knowledge, it gets so bright that at one point you can't tell it apart from its source. That's when it has achieved complete fulfillment. That's when it has achieved enlightenment. So we are here as individuals in this material world, in a material consciousness, which makes us all different. And we see things different. And in the material consciousness is the lowest level of consciousness there is. And here we are learning from each other. And a lot of the events that are created are created through the action of our mind. And the good, the bad, the challenge, everything we are learning from. And a lot of the bad things that happen in this world, we go, oh, well, why did God make that happen? No, he didn't. We created that in the material consciousness because that's our playground of life. If there were no darkness, we would not recognize light. If there was no hurt, we would not recognize peace. So here we are learning as individuals. Our soul is the ray that is growing in light. And then you get to the universal consciousness where together we are all that oneness because the sun and its ray are still light. So you are oneness, but you are on an individual journey. And in the material consciousness, you are very different because here you have come to gain that experience. But recognize that while you live in the material consciousness, 
You live in nature, therefore the consciousness of nature is present in you. You have your soul, which is the ray that comes from the sun, and you have that consciousness, which is your linkage with your creator. Say, so if I merge all the rays together, your, mine, everybody, what do we end up with? We have the sun all over again. So we are one. But is the experience that you're gaining different to mine? Yes. We have come here for a purpose. You are gaining knowledge which your soul needs to gain based on your journey. Mine is gaining what it needs to gain. And we're all learning from each other. We're all sharing with each other. So at one level, we are completely one. And in the material consciousness, we are individual. That's how I would uh, tie them together from my understanding. Thanks, Amin. That was a beautiful explanation with the example of the ocean of how although we are individuals, we are all connected in oneness. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this dialogue with Dr. Amin Daya. The concept of oneness was so beautifully explained by him. And when he spoke of the ocean as an example, I could not help but remember the time when I went to a workshop on life transformations in Baja California Sur, Mexico, where the campus was an oceanfront bungalow. I used to go every morning for a walk by the ocean, and by the third day I had created such a beautiful bond with the ocean that it started talking to me. When I looked out at its horizon, it said to me, You are no different than I am. You are limitless, just like me. And in the waves, I could hear the words, You are limitless. You are limitless. You are limitless. And every time, if self-doubt crept in anything that I was about to do, I thought of those words and said a big thank you to the ocean. I had to share this with you because although this story is unrelated, is it really? I think this is what Amin was saying when he spoke of the second consciousness. Nature teaches us so much. As always, here are my key takeaways from this dialogue. 1. In this life, we are simply passing through this journey for a very short time to gain experience. We have nothing to be proud of and we have nothing to be arrogant about. Humility and gratitude are the two most fundamental lessons that we are in this world to learn. Two, we are all one, and the only thing that separates us is our physical bodies. Our roots reside in one source. Three, three, I don't know if Amin managed to get a chuckle out of you, but he definitely got one out of me when he said, The graveyard is the richest place on planet, where the best ideas and knowledge get buried without being shared. He said, I plan to bankrupt the graveyard. I loved that idea, bankrupting the graveyard. I plan to share and I highly encourage you to share as well, because people get an opportunity to inspire each other with their stories and lessons. In that regard, if anyone would like to use Sharing Life Lessons as a platform to tell their story and share your life lessons, you are welcome to be my guest. Please write to me at sharinglifelessons101 at gmail.com. And finally, if there were no darkness, you would not recognize light. If there was no hurt, 
we would not recognize peace. So I want to end by saying, let's welcome the darkness and hurt so that we could enjoy the light and peace. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you the next episode, which will be the final part of this three-part series with Dr. Amin Daya next Wednesday. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be well.